the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. We've got uh, coming up next segment. We've got good friend Ted Harvey, who's actually running in Colorado um, as Republican. There, I believe we'll have more details on that. I don't want to give the wrong district out and the wrong information. So stay tuned to, uh, for Ted Harvey. He's former Colorado State Senator, also a chairman, chairman of former chairman of uh, the group um, de- uh, defeating uh, President Biden, I think is the name of that group. He'll be here to weigh in on Lauren Boebert's running in a new district there for Congress, as well as to weigh in on all the hot topics of the day. But first, uh, earlier tonight, there was a an explosion in a Fort Worth hotel in Texas, and um, of course, the government is scratching their head as to motive. Oh, uh, what am I doing? I'm get I'm I'm so hot to get into this breaking story. I failed to bring in my partner in crime. Speaking of crime, my partner in crime every night of the week is the one and only DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. It's okay that you forgot about me because I understand that there's a mission here and you're just mission focused. You know, you are just so mission driven. And honestly, (laughs) I respect that. I'm the same way. So none taken. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling me mission focused instead of self focused, i.e., self centered. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it is called the Andrea K show. So there's that. Um, but no, I mean, I'm like a dog on a bone. Okay. And, you know, I, 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 earlier there was an explosion in Fort Worth at a uh, Sandman Signature Fort Worth Hotel, which is in the area of City Hall. And at the time of the explosion, the Fort Worth police had said, oh, you know, we're currently working on a major incident. Please avoid the downtown area. Um, And I thought it was suspicious at the time. I mean, there's, you know, when I hear that there's an explosion, my initial thought was, well, before I rush to judgment, I don't want to do like the Democrats. I don't want to rush to judgment and assume it's a terror attack. An explosion could be, uh, you know, a, a gas line. You know, it could be, it could be anything. Um, let's wait until we know more. And then as time goes by, you're thinking, okay, could this be a, a, a terror incident of some sort? Um, if, you know, in, in, again, I don't want to rush to judgment. Um, but immediately I'm thinking, huh, my hinky meter starts to go off because the Democrats do rush to judgment. And then if we're not hearing details immediately on who, you know, on 
if it's if it's a non-incident politically or non-incident from a, from an, a, an attack standpoint, then typically they tell us, right? Well, there was an explosion of a you know a gas or a factory or this or that, and when we don't get those kinds of details, um, then then it, they're good. The Democrats are quick to tell us if, for example, if it's um, when we had the attack on in Boston, the Boston Marathon, that's the word I'm looking for. Immediately, there was rush to judgment. Immediately was, you know, pressure cookers were used. It must be crazy, you know, Southerners or and conservatives because those are the people that use pressure cookers, right? So any way that the Democrats can blame Republicans or blame Republican policy, we're going to hear about it immediately, right? So anytime you don't hear the name of an identity, you can pretty much assume that it's not in the left's interest to push out the identity of the perpetrator, such as the case here. We're now learning that the suspect in the explosion has been identified as 44-year-old Sahil Omar. Um, authorities have yet to find a motive. <laughs> he is an illegal alien. They're calling him a migrant. So either he's a re- someone who was brought here as a refugee or he is somebody that is here illegally in this country. Um, and for the authorities to have, quote, yet to find a motive tells me they know exactly what the motive was. Are we are we correct in, in assuming this, Sesame Broccolini? Well, I mean, until they give us any more information, I, t- I doubt there's going to be an investigation based on the profile of its, of its who seems to be the, the culprit. But until we get other other data or information to indicate otherwise, then, yeah, we can assume that, this falls in line with similar incidents, attacks by similar personnel uh, who I would argue should mm-hmm. not even be in this country uh, and within recent memory as well. So, yeah, it's disturbing. It's a mass casualty, a mass casualty incident, I guess, or mass injury incident, um, according to local people on the ground. It's it's terrifying. I mean, I, I really do every day that this is it's just like this is. This is what you get when you leave the border wide open and when yep. you move mountains to bring people here illegally. And people of, generally speaking, unsavory character. That is widespread true. People didn't like it when Trump first said it in 2016, but it's true. The best and the brightest are not coming to this country. What we're getting in many cases are people who are either inclined to a life of crime or by police records already in that world. So it, or have it's an just, ideology yeah, or mm-hmm, have an mm-hmm. ideology that is anti-American mm-hmm. and, and, and is sympathetic to Islamic Jihad. Let me remind everybody, the kid that ran over, ran up and down sidewalks at Ohio State University was brought here as a refugee. Uh, the Pulse nightclub shooters, parents were brought here as it, 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 it were Islamists brought here as refugees. Same thing when we had somebody driving up and down uh, the area in New York City that's a pedestrian area. Um, Islamic uh, terrorist, refugee, right? Need I go on? Uh, we, uh, um, or, and even if they're not a refugee, we had in the case of San Bernardino, we had a fiance visa. Uh, she was brought here from a terrorist infested country and actually had gone to madrasas that were terror infested. And she came here on a fiance visa. Uh, so we have a border crisis, whether, and it's not just the Southern border. I don't know how this person came into this country. Um, it could have been because we're being stupid and bringing people from Islamic terror holes. 
okay, as refugees or as fiancés or just people coming here on visas. We need to end the insanity. And and Mike Johnson, as I said in the opening hour, should be standing up for us, whether whatever his majority is, standing up for the American people and saying, I may not have a majority of 20 people, but we have the majority and the American people do not want this open border. And I'm going to stand here and fight for the American people. And I'm going to, and I'm going, and I want a government shutdown until this border is shut down. That's what needs to happen in this country. And by the way, the FBI has, I would be shocked if they did not know of this person in advance. They knew of Major Nadal Hassan in advance. The Sarnaya brothers from Boston Marathon, uh, there was warnings to the FBI about them as they were getting, after they had gone to terror camps and Chechnya and terror camps and were on their way back, the FBI was warned. You know who else the FBI knew about Sesame Broccolini? The FBI knew of the trans terrorist who just shot and killed uh, a sixth grader and shot others in a school last week. Did you know that? That's being reported today. I did not know that. Yes. Wow. This person, this person, the FBI had been warned because this person had been posting on Discord with threats two years ago. Two years ago. In fact, let me read here. I, I took a screenshot of the. There were other media. red flags, by the way, in addition to that, because there were so. Yes. Some people brought to light screenshots where I think on some Instagram post a couple years ago, he posted something and then someone posted on his picture a comment that said something like future school shooter. And he yes. liked it. And the, so there were there were plenty of red flags. Yes. Um, so the FBI is either completely blind or they just don't have the willpower to to stop real threats to this country, especially at well, this because point. how many shooters have we had that have been trans identifying there? There is a very scary well, pattern that is going on here. Well, the, and the pattern is, is the FBI is looking the other way and not whether it's it, whether it's the Parkland shooter 20-something warnings, or whether it's the warnings that came in for the kid in Texas that shot up a school at Uvalde, or whether it's Major Nadal Hassan or the Sanaya brothers, or whether it's it's the FBI that literally put reports of the, the doctor who was sexually assaulting gymnasts. They literally put that, as, as these girls testified, the FBI literally put their files in a drawer knowing that he was sexually assaulting. What has the FBI been focused on? Going after MAGA voters. Going after, and the counterterrorism unit is now targeting us. What were we? What was that clip about Mike Pence? Oh, praising the FBI for bringing in and prosecuting 1,100 Americans. That's where our counterterrorism efforts have gone, not on protecting Americans, not on the efforts they should have been. Children are dying. Americans are dying. Americans are being blown up in hotels in Fort Worth by, by uh, terrorists in this country. And the FBI is looking the other way or not doing their job. Or maybe even at this point, they're overwhelmed because the Republican Party is, enab is enabling the Democrats to flood this country with terrorists. That's the state of our nation. That's what's going on. We're going to take a break. We come back. I want to bring in Ted Harvey and uh, get his thoughts on this. So stay tuned. We will be back in a moment. Don't go away.
Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Hour two here. If you miss any part of the show, download the podcast wherever you get your pods. Uh, email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. I want to know how you guys are feeling about uh, Mike Johnson. I consider him caving uh, with this $1.7 trillion uh, deal that he cooked up with up Chuck Schumer. Uh, he's a- has announced that he will not be, uh, you know, uh, holding up, uh, shutting down the government uh, over the border, which is an abomination, particularly given today's breaking news where we have, uh, uh, allegedly the um, suspect in the uh, bombing of a hotel in Dallas-Fort Worth is an immigrant, a migrant. We don't know how he came here, uh, who um, his last name is Omar. Joining me now to discuss all the hot topics of the day, as well as what's happening with the this year's elections, is good friend of mine, Ted Harvey. He is a former Colorado state senator, former chairman of committee to defeat the president and candidate for Colorado's fourth congressional district, the one and only Ted Harvey. Thanks for being here tonight, Ted. Good evening. Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, first question for you, Laura Boebert, I heard is switching districts to run instead of running for reelection in the district she's in, she's running in a different district. Is that the same district you're running in? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's that's it's really what I thought, and I Lauren, was mad. What? Lauren is, you know, was a great MAGA leader, and went to Congress four years ago to be an outsider and a non-politician. And after four years of being in the limelight, she has become part of the political establishment. I think in Washington D.C. and has become addicted to the uh, TV cameras. She is in a district that is a plus nine Republican district, and she has had so many personal problems and made some pretty bad votes over the last year that um, she's actually losing the race to a Democrat. And rather than lose her power, she's decided to run in a district that I'm running in that's 400 miles away from her house, and um, she has no affinity to the constituents here. And she's trying to run in this district because it's a much more conservative district. And she thinks she can, you know, desperately hold on to that ring of power that uh, she's had over the last four years. Well, I find that despicable. I think that uh, she needs to take the L where she is. She needs to clean up her act personally. I mean, she had some incident again, uh, there was the movie incident with the boyfriend. Now she's got some fight going on in a restaurant with her husband on Saturday night. Um, you know, she's trying to lay claim to some victory, uh, you know, of uh, the the Colorado case where Trump's going to stay on the ballot until it's heard by the Supremes. And it's like, what did you do to help with that? In fact, what has she done in the co- Has she co-sponsored or sponsored any bills that moved MAGA forward? She's done absolutely nothing, in my opinion, to push MAGA forward. And now here we have the opportunity to have you actually, with the history that you have of being a true fighter for conservative for conservatism and being a true America first candidate. Now she's trying to poach you in your race. Yep. Yep. And there are other good candidates in the race. Not as good as me, obviously, but there's other good candidates in the race. And she thinks she can just come over here and say to the voters of the fourth congressional district, disregard the other great candidates, um, vote for me. And it's really, 
it's really a desperate move, a sad move from somebody who has been a, a good spokesperson for the conservative movement. But to, to give you an example of a bill that she did just vote for and get passed to, because she had an amendment in there um, was the Defense Reauthorization Act that um, she got a little bit of spending in, in, a, in a town here in her third congressional district. But in the process, she voted for an expansion to the FISA Act, which we all know mm -hmm. was what the FBI used to spy on American citizens and the Trump campaign without a warrant. Um, and she voted for the bill that had that in there. She, the same bill also allowed for um, female service members to be compensated for their travel expenses when they go to kill their baby um, in their womb. And I'm passionately pro-life, and I don't care what I was going to get for my constituency. I would never vote for that. Um, and the bill also allowed for the Department of Defense to, to continue to push this woke LGBT junk um, on the kids of our service members by funding that in our in our service members' school systems. So um, it was a horrible bill that she compromised to get a couple jobs in her district while at the same time violating our civil liberties with the FISA Act and, and uh, killing babies and pushing the woke agenda. Well, why is she, if she can't win in her own district, what makes her think she can win in yours? Because she thinks it's such a strong conservative district that they know her name and that she will be able to just swoop in there and, and win, you know, over outright. And she has $2 million in her bank account because donors from all over the country knew that her third congressional district was a swing district that we needed to ensure that we held the, the majority in the House of Representatives. So people were throwing money at her. And then she took all of that money that donors from across the country gave her and she's now going to use that to try to um, get elected in the 4th Congressional District. But I don't think the voters of, of the Eastern Plains of Colorado are going to fall mm -hmm. for that uh, game. And I think that um, she's going to be surprised that she's not as well-loved and as well-liked um, outside of her district. Well, I hope uh, I hope the voters vote for you, uh, my friend, Ted Harvey. Uh, speaking of defense, What's with Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin going AWOL into intensive care and hiding it from everybody and pretending he's working from home? That's one of the craziest stories I have heard in years. Um, I know, right? The, the, the entire, you know, you look at what is going on with this Defense Department, whether it's from um, the the head of the the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Miley, when he was there and he got um, pulled us out of Afghanistan and lost billions and billions of dollars and never was held accountable for that. And, and now you see this. Um, this is just crazy what's going on, and nobody is held accountable for it. Biden has not fired any of these people for their insubordination, which is really what this situation is. And um, it seems like the media is doing everything they can to, to cover it up and and have the president's back and all of his staff's back. Uh, yeah, Biden is saying that he's not going to accept Austin's resignation if he offers it. Um, Biden is is commander in chief. And you're right about insubordination. Uh, this is a complete violation of the chain of command. You cannot just you just go AWOL. 
in your position and or lie as to your whereabouts, which is a wall when you're when you're in intensive care. And you're not able to, you're not, I mean, I, I think the nuclear footballs fall, you know, and the nuclear codes, the nuclear football with the codes falls under his, uh, his dominion, as well as the defense of the nation. And you're just in intensive care. I don't really know what the process is supposed to be, but certainly it's supposed to be one of communication and somebody else stepping in as acting secretary of defense. If you're not able to, you know, complete your mission. This is so egregious that I think um, that I think one of the Congress people uh, is it Rosendale who's going to introduce articles of impeachment. I think that's a fair thing to do. Your thoughts? I I couldn't agree more. Um, and I saw that Matt Gates is is going to have investigations to see exactly what happened and why it happened. But you can't have the the Secretary of Defense, one of the most important cabinet members um, in our government go AWOL, and nobody knows where he is. It, what if something happened and the president couldn't get a hold of him and couldn't find him, and he's in the ICU? This is this is really one of the most bizarre stories I've ever heard, and he's not going to be held accountable for it. This administration is, is you know, complicit in so many um, inappropriate and uh, unthinkable acts, but nobody is ever held accountable. And we could, you know, I could go on and on and on with a, a, a list of, of situations like this that nobody's held accountable in this administration, and the media just continues to cover it up. We have a war going on that we're funding, a proxy war that we're funding with Ukraine. We've got, you know, Israel continuing with the war. People aren't talking about it that much anymore against Hamas. Um, You know, we've got, you know, uh, the Chinese Communist Party uh, spying on us and threat. You know, we're we're closer to World War Three than we've ever been as a nation, uh, at least in my lifetime. And our secretary of defense is in intensive care and nobody knows about it. That is I, I can't even begin to express how shocking that is to me. Uh, not oh. to mention the fact that we've got an open border where we've had, uh, you know, Chinese military aged men with weird briefcases coming in here in mobs. I mean, we, you know, we are under so much threat right now that uh, that this is just astounding to me that there's not even more people screaming about this tonight. Um, talk about what you think the Republican Party, you're running for, for Congress, talk about what you think the Republican Party, uh, you know, should be doing about this, should be doing about the open border and all the main issues of the day. Well, it's not just the Chinese that are coming over here with suitcases. It's uh, tons of Middle Eastern men, fighting age Middle Eastern men. Many of them are on the um, terrorist watch list. And this administration continues to allow anybody who wants to come across our border to come across our border. And I mean, talk about bordering on treason. Um, This is exactly that. One of the number one responsibilities that the president of the United States has is protecting our sovereign borders from invasion from our enemies. And you cannot deny that this president is doing nothing to, to stop it and that you know, it, it is essentially he's complicit in what does happen down the road. If anything horrible happens, um, this president is going to have blood on his hands because he is allowing it. What first day that he came into office, 
He repealed the Remain in Mexico policy, and he repealed any funding for the building of the wall. Um, If I get elected to Congress, the very first thing I will do is introduce a bill to put in statute the Remain in Mexico policy that says you can't seek asylum unless you seek it outside of the United States. Um, We can't have that that, um, be an executive order that any president can come in and repeal the executive order. It's got to be in statute and force the administration to uphold the laws of this land um, because – Biden can disregard it anytime he wants to, but like he did the very first day he got into office. That was the first thing he did. Speak to me about your thoughts about uh, Mike Johnson and the spending bill while we're $34 trillion in debt. Well, it's it's incredibly disappointing to me because if, if I recall, he got elected with the promise that he would bring forward individual, the 12 individual bills and have those brought up for a vote and brought up for amendments on the, on the floor of the House. And it looks to me like this is another uh, Republican cave to the Democrats to push an um, omnibus bill that is going to be Christmas treed with all kinds of extraneous spending that they, they needed to be able to get a, quote, compromise bill through. And there's a reason why we have a $33 trillion deficit is because this has been the modus operandi of both parties for decades. And until we get hardcore, solid conservatives elected to Congress across the country, not just me and my House district, but across the country that will stand up to this kind of outrageous spending, um, we're going to bankrupt our kids' and our grandkids' future even more than we already have. Yeah, it's just um, we're literally at a crisis point. I know we always say that this election is the most important in our lifetime, right. and it is because every election, the government, it, it, we're at a point where the government has grown and grown and grown and spending us into oblivion and not securing the border and not deporting the illegals who are here and you know, not securing our future and not protecting our culture and going after children. But we cannot sustain 10 million illegals coming through here. We cannot sustain... 75,000 special interest aliens because they've come from terrorist infested. In fact, we, this is not sustainable. We have got to, we, we are in a position now to where we've not just got to uh, stop the bleeding, um, but we've got to, we've got to do damage control. We've got to go back and undo some damage that's been done. It's not just enough to secure the border. We are going to have to have the guts and the courage to spend the money and to put a deportation force in play and have, instead of the Capitol Police expanding offices around the country, which most people aren't even talking about and aren't aware of, we actually need to be setting up locations of uh, and, and, and deputizing and getting a deportation force in play to round up the illegals, the millions of them, and get them out of here. Ted Harvey, tell everybody where they can go to support your campaign. Well, I couldn't agree with your last statement more, Um, and Donald Trump is the only one that will do that. There's no other Republican out there that will do it, and I want to go to Washington, D.C. and help him accomplish that. And um, the way you can follow me is go to tedharvey.com, tedharvey.com, learn more about my race. And this is going to be an expensive race going up against Lauren Carpetbagger um, Bobert. So if your listeners can Go to my website, tedharvey.com, hit that donation page and help me out. I would appreciate it. Any help we can get is going to be needed to get across the finish line. All right, Ted Harvey. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. God bless. Have a good night.
Thank you, you too. All right, now you guys stick around. Um, You know, I I didn't watch the Golden Globes, and I'm glad I didn't because evidently there was an actress there with a with a body part imprinted on her dress. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. You know, growing up as a kid, I loved Hollywood. I loved the entertainment industry. We used to, mommy used to get this magazine. I don't know, it might have come for free. I don't think she subscribed to it, although she might have, because mama always subscribed to the Publishers Clearinghouse, by the way. Um, she never read the fine print that you didn't actually have to subscribe uh, to enter. But Mama loved magazines. And one of the ones that she used to get was Rona Barrett's Hollywood. Who remembers out there? If y'all remember Rona Barrett and Rona Barrett's Hollywood, email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. We had three things on our coffee table. We had the People Magazine, Rona Barrett's Hollywood, and TV Guide. Sesame Broccolini, have you ever even heard of the TV Guide? Uh, yeah, for, I've heard of the TV guide. <laughs> we used I've never to owned one or seen one, but oh in person, my gosh, I, I know of and them. And especially the season premiere one when new seasons would start up. Y'all don't know the joy of waiting for the new season to start up, being sick of reruns. And before um, we had the um, VCR where we could record episodes, if you missed an episode during the regular season, you had to wait for reruns. And if it was like a show like um, uh, Dallas or something, which was like a serial where each episode built on the last, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, what happened last week? I mean, it was it was so much fun. That's back when TV was super, super fun. And, uh, you know, that was back when TV stars were TV stars and movie stars were movie stars. And it was like, boy, if you got, if you were a TV star, you got locked in, you know, good luck. You, you weren't going to be able to be a movie star. And that was back when the entertainment industry was really good. And we loved the Academy Awards. It was like the Golden Globes. It wouldn't, nobody even really knew what the Golden Globes was. At least we didn't back in the day, but uh, we loved award show, award season. We love the fashions. We love Cher being kooky and weird. And now, it's of course, they've ruined it. Well, the Golden Globes, so much so to where I didn't even know the Golden Globes were on last night. Well, evidently, um, the hosts of the show, I guess there were multiple hosts because there was this guy, Koi. Do you know who this Koi guy is? He's, he's an alleged comedian. Koi? Yeah, see, I, I guess no. I yeah, guess it's, I'm pretty plugged into stand-up all, comedy, yeah. but I don't know what, what what that is or who that guy is. His last name is Koi, K O I. Well, evidently, he told a stinker joke of a night of the night that had to do with Taylor Swift. Um, you know, it's you know, it's like back in the the golden age of Hollywood for me was when Billy Crystal used to do the uh, uh, the monologue for the Academy Awards, and it was just absolutely brilliant. He did it for many years. Um, I don't even know now who these alleged comedians are. Um, and, but the one thing that everybody's talking about today is I guess another fellow host, this guy named Jim Gaffigan. Here's, I, I pulled a clip of a joke he told. Oh, I like Jim Gaffigan. Uh, last, 
He's yeah, he's one of right. the best comics around, and he does oh, his, is whole, he really? his whole thing. Is he's a clean, family friendly show, but his stuff because he has to be clean and keep it totally family friendly for his own family and for his audience. I think it forces him to think about writing jokes in a much different way than other comics, and he he comes up with some really good stuff. He's an interesting right. guy. Well, here I pulled one of his jokes from last night that got some applause. Um, I'm not sure how funny it was, but I want to get your take on it. I can't even believe I'm in the entertainment industry. I can't. I, you know, it's so unlikely. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile. You know, I just, I don't know if that's a new category here, but. Mm, your thoughts, Sesame. Uh, there was applause, but it was a little hesitant at first, and then I did. And I I watched the clip as I played it. They didn't they didn't cut to the audience for audience facial reactions. Your thoughts? <laughs> I think that's hilarious uh, because it's true. I mean, he's a, he's one of the few standing, seemingly for the most part, wholesome guys in the entertainment industry, which is just rife with so much indecency. So yeah, I mean, the, obviously the widespread pedophilia and targeting of children is not funny. The, the degeneracy is not funny in America, but I mean, he's a comic. His job is to try to bring a little bit of levity uh, to, to life. So I don't, I think that, I think that's hilarious. Um, mostly because it's just true. It's sad, but it's true. And I'd rather laugh about it than cry about it. What do you think about? Um, I, well, yeah. I mean, for me, it's almost like, is pedophilia funny? I don't know. I kind of like it from the standpoint of like Ricky, kind of like from the take that Ricky Gervais used to bust Hollywood mm-hmm. when he was hosting the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I think it's funny in that sense. Um, I, I, I like to see Hollywood squirm. And I certainly would rather see Hollywood squirm over pedophilia than somebody acting like an idiot like Will Smith did in slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> that was that was one that, of the craziest that, things I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, Will Smith needs to never show up on, uh, you know, on, on a screen anywhere around me again, because he's just, you know, and I used to love that Fresh Prince. I loved Fresh Prince of Bel-Air so much. That was 90s was my decade, man. And I that was one of the uh, one of the shows that I just loved so much. Um, I never really thought his music was any good, but I still liked it, you know. Um, you know, parents just don't understand. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, that was never my song. I did like Bienvenido a Miami. <laughs> I did like that song. Um, but I used to love Will Smith. I thought he was so cute. And I love Jada Pinkett Smith. Well, and he's had a lot her. of good roles. So it's, it's, it's a tough. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's, it's tough. It really, really is yeah. such a shame. I mean, for so many reasons. Lo- yeah. And I loved her, too. I used to love her on A Different World. That was another show mm-hmm, that I loved mm-hmm. so much from the 90s. Um, but getting back to the Golden Globes. So uh, one thing I have to mention is I love their just blatant hypocrisy because they have lost something like 20% of their movie-going audience. I mean, they are bleeding out when it comes to, um, they, it, it, when it comes to their audience. And they need to get it together or pretty much go by the wayside in terms of movies, in terms of, of movies at the theater, because the streaming movies, they don't get paid the same. And if they're thinking that, well, so what if people aren't going to the movies anymore, movie theaters end up go away, we've got streaming. 
um, they've pretty much lost the golden days of the mega films and the blockbuster films that paid a lot of money. Remember those? You know, we've got Taraji P. Henson crying over how much she's getting paid. Well, you know what? The days of of the stars being paid 20 million a picture aren't going to happen anymore unless they get their act together and start putting out better content. And when they stop crap like being has-beens like the gal from the X-Files walking the red carpet in a dress that had images of lady parts on it. Did you see her? No. What? Jillian, I never watched the X-Files, so I never, never, I never understood. I don't do science fiction. Um, I never, I also thought David Duchovny was a two on a scale of one to 10. I thought he was the most, one of the most unattractive actors to ever hit. I mean, get the man a chin implant or have him never show up again. Okay. That's my honest assessment. Um, I thought she always needed, was desperately in need of some dentistry, but the two of them, for some reason had a hit TV show. Well, fortunately for me, the show went off the air and I never had to see these two again. However, now, like in true has-been fashion, she's got to come out in some bad dress to try to regain some kind of relevancy. And the dress literally had images of lady parts imprinted all over the dress. Could it get any grosser, any more cringe than a has-been actress in her 50s from a TV show nobody's watched in 30 years, walking a red carpet, flaunting lady parts. I mean, really. Just embarrassing. Really just disgusting. Totally embarrassing. Um, totally just embarrassing. It's like the, these, are our, these are the modern celebrities that clearly want to be worshipped, right? I mean, if you're out there wearing a dress like that, you must be so desperate and thirsty for attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really troubling and sad, honestly, and sad. maybe worthy of prayer because it seems like there's it seems like this country weird segue into the Biden administration. This whole country is being run into the ground by weird theater kids, and I don't like it. Um, so I hope I hope the theater kids in, in Hollywood start focusing on, look, just make good movies. You think about all, all the greatest movies that have ever been made. There, there are a few themes, a few things that you can play on over and over again. And especially if we get into like comedy and stuff like John Candy, Martin Short, Steve Martin. It's oh, not it's gosh. not rocket science. Make, yeah, go back to would, making yeah. movies like Three Amigos, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. I'll happily watch all of those over or and over. Or even Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I Chris love Farley, the movie Tommy David Spade. Boy. That's Chris an incredible Farley. movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I make auto when parts the, for the, the American Working Man because that's who oh I am gosh. and that's who I care when about. When they're driving down the road and the, and the road of the car. The road of the car flies up. I thought of... <laughs> <laughs> Callahan Auto. That's a great movie. <laughs> Wholesome, family friendly. Get back to stuff that's genuinely Tommy funny. Boy, so I'm gonna have to watch Tommy Boy tonight. That is some, one of my favorite comedies ever of all time. <laughs> See now I'm remembering so much of the movie. <laughs> if you get a chance to watch Spaceballs, that one's on my go-to oh, list. Oh, I, I love Spaceballs. That's a classic. Oh my gosh, that's such a good movie. Oh, all right. We're going to take a break. We come back. Oh, that would also reminds me though. Somebody made a joke today and, and it's kind of not funny, but you're talking about Biden's America. Well, Biden's America was on display when this guy, long history criminal record in Vegas, should have never been out of jail. 
comes over the bench at the judge. Did you see that last week? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, today (laughs) he's back in the courtroom and they've got like, they've got his gloves, like oven mitts on his hands. And they've got this like thing over his face. And somebody tweeted out, here's the next version, the remake of Silence Silence of the Silence of the Lambs. Democrat version. (laughs) It was so good. That's Biden's America right there. All right, we're going to take a break. I'm going to stop giggling and we're going to come back for the final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I've got my giggling under control. <clears throat> I want to hear from you guys. Email me. What's your favorite comedy of all time? During the break, I was reminding, we were talking about Chris Farley and John Candy. And I was like, oh, the movie Cool Runnings. That was one of my favorite movies out of the 90s. It was about the Jamaican bobsled team. That was just such good comedy. Just good, clean comedy, right? Just so hilarious. Um, just one of my favorite comedies. I want to hear from you guys. Today, uh, I think around now is the 20th anniversary of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days with Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey, uh, ra- a rom-com. That's one of my sister's favorite comedies. I want to hear from you guys. AndreaKshow.com. AndreaKshow.com. Old School is still one of my favorite comedies. I just, Vince Vaughn, Luke Wilson, and Will Ferrell. I just thought that was really good comedy. Do you like that one? That's one of my all-time favorites. That's a, uh, I mean, it's early Will Ferrell, but even with Vince Vaughn too, it's it's just hilarious. Just hilarious. You, it's like you can't the kind of magic they have between them. You can't buy. Yeah, it. like no. that's the that's that's what you're looking for on stage. Yeah, you know, is yeah, a partner who just gets you, and it's like there's an unspoken verbal agreement about making jokes and playing off each other's yeah. energy, and it's just it's all right there. It's the same thing with like musicians. Sometimes two people get in yeah. a room and they just make great music instantly. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. the same thing with actors sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, but I guess even though Hollywood is doing everything it can to kill comedy, at least we have Joe Biden. Uh, I pulled some <laughs> clips today of him saying nonsense, which made me giggle. He's I, I, he was at I don't know why he was at a Catholic church today. Was that where he was or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at a seminary? And, and he starts. To, why was he talking about ghost? I put at the bottom of uh, the uh, second to last clip in the, in the stack. He's got, I, uh, I pulled this clip today. What's he talking about here? Sesame play the clip. And with your help, I made Juneteenth the first federal holiday since Dr. Martin Luther King's day. Oh, well, yeah, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. I don't know you know, why he was at a church talking about Juneteenth, uh, by the way, but it was, I don't even think that was his idea. I think that was actually the Republicans. I think that was actually John Cornyn out of Texas who came up with that idea. Um, but it's the one below that one that, that had me like, what the, huh? In our time, there's still the old ghost of new, gar- gar- new garments. We all need to rise to meet the moment. What? What in the, huh, is he talking about there, Sesame? Uh, at first, I was hoping he was going to say something about new government and uh, start talking about limited government. But alas, he just starts sentences, no game plan on how to finish them or where he's going. Just make it up along the way. 
And I'm I, not Catholic, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm actually uh, shocked by the way that they still have him going out in public. I am so well, yeah. shocked. This is the United States of America, and we we are a laughing stock on the world stage. And this is why Exhibit A right yeah. here. I mean, I just cannot. Wait, why believe is he it. in a Catholic church talking about ghosts and ghosts of old garments? What is he talking about there? It, it, it's not it's not helping him either. So I just it just defies logic. All right. Boy, we've covered a lot in tonight's show. If you missed any part of it, don't forget to po- download the podcast. Email me, andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com, and we'll see you all tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 